Welcome to today's episode of The Power of Reinvention. I'm Kathy Sharpross, and we're here to talk with my guests about the dreams, the visions, and the passions that individuals have every day and dare to explore them. Whether it's business or personal, you're entitled to live the life that you want, and no matter the circumstances, you have the power to create success, fulfill your dreams, and live with passion. That's what I'm talking about. So dare greatly and happy reinventing, folks. Let's do this. Welcome. I am Kathy Sharpross, your host, and I'm excited for Andrea Sullivan to be joining me as my guest on today's The Power of Reinvention podcast. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about some pretty amazing and broad subjects around branding, marketing, nurturing your soul, what it's been like to go through COVID in the last year and all of the things that we've had to juggle. Andrea and I are friends. We've had the great fortune of, um, I'd say, in, touching on ways of working together in different in different realms. And because of the work that I've done with Vayner, which is the company that Andrea is with, which we'll talk about in a moment. And we're going to just really have some inspired dialogue about what's going on in our worlds and different ways that one can reinvent or really just try to pivot and create the life that they want. Um, as you may know, the show is inspired by my book, Reinvent Your Life, What Are You Waiting For? And the Reinvention Virtual Chat series, which I've been producing for the last year. I hope you'll enjoy today's chat and walk away feeling very inspired and with a new sense of what is possible. So welcome, Andrea. So glad to have you here. Kathy, you're such an inspiration. And I love the invitation to be able to engage on a topic that is near and dear to my heart. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to the conversation. Thank you. I love it. Well, I want to share with the audience a little bit about you and your background because you've had quite a wonderful career doing what you're doing. And you and I have sort of come in and out of each other's lives on occasions and just keep getting closer and closer. And as I look at all that you're doing right now and the responsibilities that you have, I think it's such a wonderful time to be having this conversation. So for those who don't know Andrea, let me just share a little background. Um, Andrea is the first ever chief marketing officer overseeing the business and brand founded by entrepreneur Gary Vaynerchuk at VaynerX, which we have all heard quite a bit a lot, <laughs> quite, quite a bit about in, in the last four or five years. They are a global full service agen agency which celebrates Gary's entrepreneurial spirit and vision for an enlightened approach to marketing that delivers business results. Um, the company is 11 years young. The agency is rapidly growing with 900 plus employees in New York, Los Angeles, Chattanooga, London, Sydney, and Singapore. I remember when there were about 250 employees and I took a meeting in the stairwell because you were in the old offices and it was that crazy and growing that fast. Right. So it's just really precious to see what it's grown to today. And Andrea runs the VaynerX Presents um, Marketing for the Now video content series, which reaches 50,000 plus viewers each episode across 144 countries and features C-suite celebrities and culture shapers. And I really love what you're doing with that. And I want to chat a bit about that when we get a moment. Um, Andrea was with Omnicom prior to VaynerX at in, and Interbrand for 16 years, working on some of the biggest brands in the world. 
Um, she's also personally committed to establishing gender equality. Andrea is a board member of the United Nations Association of New York, helping to take stake a stand on issues including human trafficking. She's also a board member of the Ad Council, the Miami Ad School, and WE.org. And this is Andrea's sixth year as a professor in the Masters in Branding program at the School of Visual Arts, having partnered with clients including Google, YouTube, PBS, HP, Uber, and now St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. And she loves to travel. And having completed a mission trip to Indonesia with UNICEF and P&G to vaccinate school kids, built schools in Kenya with Carolyn Everson of Facebook and WE or WE.org, trekked with the gorillas in Rwanda and Uganda, whitewater rafted in the Futalufu Class 5 River in Chile. Did I pronounce that incorrectly? (laughs) And made three trips in her ongoing ambition to complete the Camino de Santiago in Spain. She can't wait until she can board a plane on her next destination, which, oh, I am with you, sister. Oh my God, I am dying to get out there. I just, that's all I keep saying to everybody is, I just need to fly. And I think for those of us who have lived on airplanes, Yes. For the last 30 years of our lives, every two, three weeks, hopping on a plane, everyone would say, oh, don't you hate traveling? I was like, no, I loved, I've always loved traveling. I love being on planes. I love moving. I love seeing. I love going. So, yeah, this has been hard. And even when it's work-related, like, yeah. That's right. It's And I think it's not just, you know, we, we lead very lucky lives, right, Kathy? And, and yeah, we're fortunate very. that we... You know, many of our friends are a part of our business lives as well. And so, you know, we have that, you know, we have that, yeah. that magic, right? Um, but, yeah. all, you know, the, the trips that we've taken, and I know in your family, you've encouraged even your, you know, your, your young adults, if you oh, will, yeah. to go out oh, and, yeah. you know, take on the world <laughs> and, and see, um, you know, things that are surprising and to learn from those things. And it allows you to become, you know, a deeper richer person and to, you know, connect across so many different cultures and bring those cultures back into your own personal world. Completely. I I was really lucky. I grew up with my, we used to say my father had itchy feet. (laughs) He loved to travel and I grew up in Australia. And from a very young age, not only were my parents traveling all the time, but then as we got a little bit older, three of us sisters, I was eight years old when I took my first trip overseas. And I could tell you when to Bangkok, Switzerland, Amsterdam, London, Venice, Rome, Israel, Singapore, and back to Australia and still have the scrapbooks from those trips. And then at 10, traveled the world and went and actually lived in Israel for four years and traveled all over Europe, went to summer camps over in Europe during those years because it was right there and it was an American speaking summer camp with kids from all over the world and then moved here to the States when I was 14 and continued to travel all my life. So the exposure to the world and the ability to see what a small world it really was, as big as it was, it felt small because I felt more connected to it. And so that was, it's always been in my blood. So when my kids say, yeah, I want to travel, I'm like, go, go see the world. You're going to learn more. My father used to take us out of school and said to the headmistress, my children will get a better education seeing the world than what they'll learn in your classroom. You know, it's funny because I grew up a bit differently in that I I grew up in Wisconsin and was sort of a girl from, from the farm. 
Um, but it was when I went to Spain, which is the first time I'd been to Europe in college, my junior year abroad, that I felt like I had landed in a second home almost. And I think it's in yeah. part because of, uh, you know, the way the Spaniards are so inclusive and they're so focused on their family and they invite you to bake, break bread with them and dance with them and stay out all night. And there's just a love of life and the everyday yeah. of life. Yeah, that was yeah. magical to me. And so although I was, you know, scared to death to jump on that plane and to make a commitment to go for, you know, a year, it was sort of the beginning right. of a bit of, I don't know if it's a reinvention, but it, it sort of was in the sense that it was an identity shift for me, most certainly. Yeah. And I think that those moments are those eye-opening moments when you realize that as a human being, you're entitled to live that way. That's right. And I think the moment you allow yourself to entitle yourself with that, you then try to make decisions based around that. So even if we work hard and we've got nine to eight jobs or 24 seven jobs, there's, you know, finding the things that will nurture our soul. And you look at all the things that I just talked about that reading your bio that you've done, that you've incorporated into your life, that you do to create that balance. It's because you know that life is more than just work or just a job. And it doesn't matter how much you love it. I've had my own company for 32 years yeah. and I love what I do every day, but it is work. And I'm on the phones with Australia and clients at two in the morning or whatever it is. Fortunately, I do love what I do, but it's not all that I do and it's not all that I am. And I think that's the key. Well, and I love the, the, your passion for uh, the whole notion that reinvention comes in all shapes and sizes. And I think that most people think, oh, you have to hit a moment of crisis. And then that will allow you to really reevaluate and take a sharp turn, right? And I think there are, there are definitely moments where I probably would have pegged them as like my first midlife crisis or second midlife crisis, or did I start to lose count? I'm not sure. But many other times where um, if you just keep your eyes wide open and you don't look right. at either or, but you just say yes and yeah. and really dive in, it's unbelievable what can happen. Um, so I've got a question for you. When you had those moments, and, and I love kind of being able to stop and pause on that for a moment because I think a lot of people have a gnawing feeling. They, they don't recognize what it might be or what they might do with it. They don't stop and listen to themselves. So was there something in either of these moments that you just kind of pointed to that, you know, was so obvious to you that you weren't where you needed to be? What was that gnawing feeling? How did you recognize it? And did you act on it? Did you really listen and dig into it? Did you sweep it under the rug, which is what so many of us do? Right. Uh, so yeah, no, I think there that. were there are a number of you know formative moments for me. I think there was a, a moment in time where I I've always made a commitment to doing a combination of work with brands, but then also I um, I always work at least on one nonprofit organization at any given time, both on the side. Um, but then even in my my day to day work and there was a moment where I thought, you know, I think I'm I'm gotten really good at the marketing side, but maybe I should be, you know, kind of hanging that up and making this shift and right. in, in applying what I know now entirely to nonprofit organizations and really trying to live a purpose led life. Um, and what I realized is that that it isn't about the either or it is the yes and. 
um, and that I can actually make a much bigger difference in um, bringing all that I know and, and giving access to my community um, to all kinds of opportunities. So, you know, I've, I've had the great fortune of bringing people together to go on delegations in different places around the world. And the, you know, the trust and the friendship and the, you know, the education that you get from those kinds of trips, you know, being at building schools in, in Africa and Kenya or helping to vaccinate children in with UNICEF and Amazing. and um, and the Pampers brand. I mean, all those experiences were were truly otherworldly. Um, but they also were things that helped me to be better at my job at the same time. And so I think there was. How is that? Well, how, I think how, that, how you know, in that? some ways I, I was able to then bring back um, a sense of empathy um, and storytelling mm-hmm. and, and learning to look at things from different perspectives. So I think that I That's thought uh, going into these small communities in Indonesia um, and vaccinating the school children, I thought that they would there would be some pushback. Um, but rather the, the children were so excited, uh, mostly to just have people from, you know, outside their small villages coming to visit and coming to play with them. And, you know, I got to sing songs um, and many and learn things in um, speak, you know, in languages I didn't even really know, but they would they would teach me different things. Um, I think that, um, you know, the other thing is that just coming back and saying I want to play a larger role in the world. Um, and so I was yeah. able to start up the corporate citizenship practice at Interbrand, which was something that uh, hadn't existed. Um, and we were able to do a lot of consulting that brought, you know, it, this was before people spoke about purpose or even purpose, at right. that time. Right. And right. Uh, we were able to um, partner up with Harvard and then Yale to come up with a curriculum where we could bring chief marketing officers onto the campus and have a mix of different perspectives. So, you know, we brought people together from the corporate world, from not NGOs, but then students as well, and had really tough conversations. But uh, it was, you know, creating those kinds of environments where people can come together and not just hear the same points of view that we, you know, I think yeah. we all find ourselves falling into that a bit. Marketers yeah. listening to other marketers. Exactly. How do we step outside that and actually, you know, kind of go to places where we might even feel a little uncomfortable. Right, which is an amazing thing to do. And when you think about the difference of where we are today versus 10 years ago in the world of brand and marketing and the role, the important role that brands finally realize that they have the impact. You look at the storytelling, look at the commercials, look at the the messaging and the language and the vernacular that is now being infused into everything that is having a more powerful and soulful impact and it's about raising that consciousness and you know really understanding so it takes what you did to be able to have that shift to have come back and said we need to do something more proactive and we as a community can all step into this. So and now more so than ever, right, Kathy? You know, this year Uh, to look at all that we're learning and the fact that brands probably have more of an obligation to help in leaning in and bringing people together than even, you know, governments and other other important role models, right, in the world. Um, And so I think that there's there's been a crisis of consciousness, certainly, um, I think everywhere uh this year and so it's been fascinating to see who takes that as an invitation to become a true leader and what what what's required 
Um, and yeah. for the marketing community to uh, to really help in defining behavioral shifts in addition to just marketing shifts. So it's not just about communications, but what are we doing as organizations? Yeah. What are we doing to really lead our people um, in addition to serving our customers? And I think that's been a, yeah. a huge pivot. And um, it's been interesting to, uh, through the work that we've done around, you know, marketing for the now. And we've, um, we've, yeah, talk a bit about that just for those yeah. who aren't familiar with it, because it's an amazing platform that you guys have created. Um, and I find that the way you bring the entire community and so many voices in these beautiful, what, 10 minute sound yeah. bites almost, <laughs> or mini interviews with Gary and the, the you know, that that just infuse so much knowledge into the space so that all of us have a better sense of where and how to navigate and what is and isn't happening. Uh, yeah, no, just share a little you know, more about this that. is a perfect example of reinvention, right? So here we are, we had just started to quarantine, we're working from home. And I think everybody was feeling a bit starved for information, what's going on in different industries? Um, how do I get, um, you know, answers to questions that I've never faced before? And so we thought we thought, well, let's just go ahead and stand up a, um, a series a video content series called marketing for the now for six weeks. Because I'm sure that, you know, this isn't going to last longer than right. uh, and or, you know, people will get yeah. tired of, yeah, I don't know, hearing, you know, some of the, the banter that that uh, that we had. Yeah. Um, and so now we're embarking on our I think it's on our 19th um, episode. It was weekly at first. We've now dialed it back to um, a monthly episode. But you're right. It's very rapid fire. And we've got it's a two hour episode filled with 10 minute conversations with Gary. We had 15 minute conversations, but those were too long. <laughs> right. Right. And right. we all know that Gary takes conversation on like a sport, right? So yeah. he can cover a lot of ground in those 10 He hours. can cover a lot of, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've got, I, I think the thing that's most exciting about it is that we have a collection of, you know, everyone from um, celebrities to C-suite executives, to students and professors, two influencers and you'll get all of that in a single episode that's focused on um, one question and we've got you know um, a really wide following so um, we we are averaging over 50,000 views in uh, an episode right. and you know we touch over 144 uh, different countries so it's been remarkable Amazing. but also to see the ebb and flow we also have a lot of we host a lot of um, more intimate events with you know, 10 to 15 people in them. And to see the changes in in terms of stamina and confidence level among the, the senior most marketers in the industry. Um, and to see that, you know, sort of rise up and fall off yeah. and to see how people can help one another with ideas. Um, yeah, it's been an amazing, what that point right there that I think we're seeing a camaraderie between these executives like we've never seen before and a sharing of, you know, the company culture, the innuendos of what everybody's dealing with, that there's, there's such an open dialogue. I mean, I, th I think the community has grown closer as a whole in the last few years, but more than ever now. It's, no, it's totally really agree. quite fascinating. Yeah, and I'd love to hear, uh, you know, a bit more about what you think, it, you know, you can attribute it to, but we're certainly noticed that people are much more open to being mm -hmm. vulnerable, just yeah. putting themselves out there and just say, you know, in the past, I think there, 
people were good storytellers, um, both to themselves in addition to the outside world. (laughs) And I think there's this acknowledgement, especially as we hit, you know, sort of the end of the summer, we found that there was a real, you know, kind of deep dive in terms of people's sense of optimism. um, And they were recognizing the fact that their teams needed a lot of um, you know, cheerleading and a lot of direction and clarity. Um, went, and they were finding, these leaders were finding that their tanks were empty as well. Well, that's the thing. And not everybody that is a great marketer in that role, even a CEO or CMO, they're not built for what they've had that's to right. deal with this year. And I think that's where sort of the veneer started to come off. And I think, you know, look, James Orsini from Sasha Group, which for those who don't know, is part of the VaynerX family. Um, James says, you know, this whole thing of being on Zoom, all of us being in equal size boxes kind of democratizes who we are and what our stature and our role is in a company. And I love that analogy because I think it speaks so to the heart of the fact that these great CEOs and CMOs and leaders of companies sort of realized they didn't necessarily have all of the tools in the tool chest that they needed to get through something like this. None of us had, because none of us ever in a million years would have expected to go through what we have. So I think that the the um, vulnerability, as you said, to open up and ask more questions, peers and friends and getting insight. And I heard one of the CMOs of a, of a major global company actually said that he found it amazing that for the first time in their company and his team, the marketing group, that they'd get on the phone every morning on a Zoom call. And instead of just walking by someone in the hallway and saying, hey, how you doing? Great fabulous, you know, and then go into a meeting, they'd get on and they'd all talk about how they really were. And the dog would jump into the screen and the kid would be crying in the background and the kid needed help with homework. And we've all been so exposed to the reality of who we are. And I've been an entrepreneur for 32 years, so I haven't had to sort of play in the corporate game structure, but all of my clients are major global corporations and brands. So I, I play with that space, but I've never had to be on the inside track of it. And I think from the outside, looking in at that and seeing these leaders just being able to step back and say, okay, I need a little help, or let's put a team together that's going to help focus on this. Or, you know, th- this had to be this real shift in humanity. That's right. And the way we operate and the way we connect with each other. And I stopped thinking of Zoom calls being Zoom calls. They're not Zoom calls. They're meetings. They're conversations. It just happens to be that that's a platform that we can actually see each other face to face instead of over a cup of coffee. I mean, my monthly, every three, four week trips to New York, where I'd see 40 people in the scope of three and a half days from seven in the morning till 11 at night, like that's a lot of ground that I covered that I can't do anymore. But I'm in a business where all of my friends, my connections, my business colleagues, the people that I do business with, we need that connection. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. And I think one of the things that we're, we are finding is that, you know, we're, we're fortunate in that we, you know, we have homes to go to. Um, we have families there. Many of our employees are stuck in their studio apartments um, yeah. And they're, you know, they're, they're feeling the stresses of, of that, you know, sort of that, um, 
you know, being pent up um, and not being yeah. able to be a part of a culture. Our culture is one that's incredibly dynamic and the energy in our offices was so contagious. And so how do yeah. you keep that same kind of enthusiasm alive? Yeah, that's hard. How do we, um, you know, make sure that everyone is feels like they're close to culture? Because that's really what we bring to the marketing community. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. Uh, we're going to be starting actually tomorrow, we're kicking off a new daily show. Um, and we're excited to have you on um, joining us, Kathy, for one of these episodes. Love it. But every Absolutely day, um, we are going to pause for something that we call VaynerX Presents Voices at 1.37 p.m. And what it is, is we have celebrities that are going to be joining us for 10 minute conversations, just a single 10 minute, one 10 minute conversation. But all of our employees, all 900 will pause um, and have a chance to kind of reboot. And one day, um, you know, that. it will be a performer the next day. It's an author um, and an uh, inspirationalist like yourself. Um, or it could be someone that brings, you know, some hacks and some things that are more personal in nature. It could be a, a meditation, all those kind of things. Yeah. But we were investing a lot in what we were doing for all of our clients and then realized, wait a second, the, the people we should be feeding first are our own, our own people, yeah. right? Our own. Well, speaking of feeding, because I think of what you're, what you're describing and I'm envisioning the big kitchen. Yeah in Hudson Yards at the That's office because right. I've spent so much time in there. And I just sort of remember going in there to get a cup of coffee and there'd be 10 or 15 people kind of meandering, walking through, grabbing a drink, hanging out, talking to each other. And that's that's like the stuff that you're creating. You're kind of bringing everybody back again that's right. to yeah. have, have a moment of that, just that soulful, heartfelt connection and, and the gift. And I'm dealing with a client in Australia and we're talking about, you know, how to create culture for these companies and let's stream something every week that they can all enjoy together as a community and not just make it about business and what did you do and the task at hand and you know it's just it's it's all a part of it yeah Yeah, it is I think that um, you know one of the things that I I was so attracted to when I was making the decision about departing interbrand um, you know after 16 years I know that James Orsini who you had on prior talked about his career and moving, you know, from, from all to all different types of cultures. And he was the one that actually encouraged me to, to speak with Gary and learn a little bit more about what was going on at, at, at VaynerMedia at the time. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things that I just love so much about Vayner is that people truly live their lives to the fullest all the time. They're encouraged to have side hustles and to learn from those side hustles. Right. Talk about them. So we'll be including those on the show as well. Um, but to show up as your whole self, which you know, there are yes. companies that talk about that, but Vayner actually does it. Uh, and it. so, yeah. yeah, the whole idea that like many of the people that we hire come from non-marketing um, you know, sort of enthusiast right. roles and we bring them in right. and we can teach them about the marketing stuff, but they understand what's going on in different communities just so that we can have a very culture first, you know, sort of social first approach. Um, and, and, you know, just really celebrate the whole notion of curiosity. And yeah. so how that. we, to your point about feeding, you know, feeding our people, um, one of the other things, well, the thing that I'm actually most proud of uh, from this period in COVID is a relationship that we were able to strike with Handel Group, which is a life and career coaching company. 
I know them well. Yes, They're amazing. I've actually had one of their, I've had one of their um, coaches actually on my reinvention virtual chat, Alyssa Rocco. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah and I know Beth and I know Weisenberger Beth, yeah. is a big fan of oh, yours as well. Amazing. And, yeah, yeah. President of the corporate group. But yeah, so to, we have partnered with them and they've been helping. Uh, first, we had sessions that were designated strictly for the executives to kind of try on the program and learn a little bit more about it. Um, before we then offered it up for all 900 of our employees. Um, but to be able to have take this time during COVID and to say, hey, um, it's important that we give you additional support because these are unprecedented times. And um, why don't we look at a methodology that celebrates dreaming and looking at mm. all the connections across 12 different areas of your life and how important those are um, to your whole self, right? And so you first start by authoring the 12 dreams in these different areas and ranking how you're doing, um, as opposed to, you know, what you had just written out. And, and then you go to work, you take, you know, three on at a time and you go to work on them. And it's been absolutely phenomenal. I think for us as individuals, but even more importantly, us collectively, because we have a new vocabulary that we're able to use. Um, we all understand that we're human beings and we've got vulnerabilities and that we all have things we need to work on. Um, and we've been able to really establish something that's been phenomenal that we're calling kind candor. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and that's all about being able to share things with great and, you know, with the best of intentions in such a way that everyone can continue to learn and be nurtured and fed and grown, but not be stagnant. And I think that was something that was right. really important to our employees during this period to feel like progress is being made. Right. I love that. I love that. I mean, it's so important. I mean, it's everything I talk about in the book because the ability to layer new things into our lives, to nurture our soul. You know, there's so many stories and incidents that I share throughout the book and all the interviews that I've done over the years. You know, it's, you can have your nine to six job and you may not love everything about it, but if you have other things going on in your life that are nurturing your soul, you're tapping into talents, you join a garage band, you learn to play the violin, you know, you dance, you garden, you do things that just make you feel good about who you are. You may not mind coming to work nine o'clock on Monday morning and putting in those hours and doing that job that you have. And so it's not about necessarily disrupting and reinventing your career. It's about looking at your life and how to take your whole self and all those parts, spirituality, friendships, relationships, hobbies, volunteer work, the career path, every part of yourself, because we are such huge, dynamic individuals right. and well, we can be. we're entitled and we can be. You're right. Um, but to know that you're entitled to do that is kind of the first step. And then put yourself on a path to be able to do it. So you're giving everybody in the company the tools to understand that, which is really powerful. Well, and I, I do think, yeah, that's, an, that's a, a really important point, the whole idea of giving permission to people. Because I think for some reason, we, you know, as you're looking at what defines success, that somehow we look at very, you know, I don't know, odd ways of measuring that sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. And so to break out of that and say that, hey, this life is here for us um, to be, to learn how to be happy, right? And to to be generous um, and to 
the most important thing at the end of the day is to figure out how to be happy and live a good life. It's not that complicated <laughs> when you look at like really what the goal is. Yeah. And it, but the role that we have as leaders to model that behavior. So I remember um, some nights going home late, you know, every night to my my family mm. and kids and, and having a conversation with someone that I was hoping was uh, kind of a number two that was, you know, a rising star. And she said, well, I'd never want your job. And I said, why not? She said, well, that would be terrible. You, you know, you work late, you travel around the way, you know, you're, you don't seem like you're home yeah. at all and you're not, you know, with your family. Yeah. And I thought, oh my goodness, what am I, what am I signaling here? Um, and so yeah. I started to go home on time and I would, I would shout it out loud and say, I'm leaving. And I hope all of you guys are going off to the gym or going out or going, you know, being right. a part of life. Yeah. That like really owning that yes. moment. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You are, you talk about the definition of success. And as you've probably seen in my book, I talk about the fact that for me, success, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you work 24 seven, you never put it away. You never put it down much like a senior leader at a major company as well. Um, but my measure of success was if I was in town was to be at the dinner table with my children every night. And if I could do that and, possibly talk to every one of my clients, even if it was for five minutes every day. That to me was successful. But being at that dinner table with those kids, I used to leave the office at 2.45, pick up both kids from school, drop them at home and get back to the office by four o'clock. That hour and 15 minute swing anchored everything about my life at that time. Because I got to hear when they walked out of school, out of those classrooms, off the playground, mom, did you hear what happened today? And dad, trust me, if I came home four hours later, that conversation was never going to happen. That's right. What you happens know? between the moments, right? <laughs> and I owned it yeah. just like you. I would sort of say, sorry, clients, I've got to pick up my kids. No, I can't do a conference call at 3 p.m. And I would own it. And I just thought if there were clients or people in my midst that didn't understand or appreciate that, then they didn't belong in my life. You don't run your own company to have other people dictate that you can't be with your children. And isn't that so great though me, that you prioritize things and that you set boundaries? Because I think I think yeah. it is hard and I think it's particularly hard for um, women and mothers uh, to draw those lines. And, and yeah, certainly someone that's a business owner, um, you know, an entrepreneur as well. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I talked a little bit about the yes and, and there've been times where I've just, you know, I've said, I'm just going to say yes to everything. You know, this, like, you know, last year was a year of yes, is it, or at least yeah. that's the way I went into it. And what you realize yeah. is that you ha actually have to balance it, that sometimes, yes, you can kind of reframe a yes, right. And help people to maybe find the answer to what they're looking for, but you don't have to be the center of it all. The time, right. You right? set them on yes. the path, right. Teach a man to fish. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. But it's, yeah, yeah it's, but uh, you definitely. know, it is very important to understand what, what are your commitments to yourself in addition to, you know, those that are important to you and, uh, and that can be hard. Yeah, no, it's, it is, it's, it look, it's been an amazing year and I love that you're able to share some of these journeys that you've been on that have sort of pivotal, been pivotal moments in your life. Would you say that were there great mentors in your life that helped kind of lift you up that you could turn to? How much did you rely on people? Yeah, like that so in many. Your life? I'm so I'm so lucky. Um, I mean, certainly my mother is someone who, uh, you know, from a very young age, 
um, convinced me to be an activist um, and to really stand up for what I believe in and to be able to show um, what you're capable of in terms of making change that one individual can make a change. And so I I did some work with um, Madison, Wisconsin's Sister City Project in in El Salvador uh, and helping to... Yeah, to not only raise money, but to fight to get children released um, from a kidnapping that had happened and all kinds of crazy things. Um, But she was the she was the feminist and the activist um, in my life that helped uh, to give me a really strong foundation, I would say. So I'm I'm, I um, I love my mom and she's like my best friend as well. So I'm Um, There's another just fantastic woman named Janet Riccio, who was at Omnicom and she passed, um, passed away two years ago, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but what a force she uh, brought together all of the female um, senior executives across the company and then eventually sent set up mentoring programs across the whole organization up down across around the globe. Um, and was just uh, such a force, um, and yet had the biggest laugh you could ever imagine. We founded something it. called G23. It's the 23rd yeah. chromosome that makes us female. And it was a think tank um, where we brought uh, the female CEOs across Omicom together. And it was a highly integrated approach. So we had you know, the uh, leader, for, uh, someone from advertising, digital, media buying, events, branding, all of it. Um, and actually one of our first clients was Deborah Wall. From, who's now oh, how team. fun. That's right. She was on my podcast That's right. recently. She's so great. And we focused on how you could unlock the female economy. And oh, so we did um, a bunch of interesting research. She was uh, with Auto at the time. And so we did a bunch of work around the dealerships and how they could deliver an experience that was more female first. Um, but it was it was great to work with with Janet because she she always gave twice as much as she took. Um, mm-hmm. She always had crazy ideas, but would actually do them. And then, yeah. you know, and um, it, it, she she celebrated a very rich life. And unfortunately, it was taken away from her too quickly. But um, she's someone that has she's created so much inspiration in the world that we all live better lives because of her. That's amazing. That is incredible. I'm glad you shared that. Um, we are so over time. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like we're just getting started. I know know. we have so much ground to cover. I just, I I just love this conversation. Um, I'm going to ask you something fun because I always love to sort of address this, um, before we have to sign off. But, um, if you, or not if, when you get to have that fabulous dinner party that we're all craving to just throw up in our doors and have whoever we want in our home, but it could be kind of unique and you get to have people at your dinner table that perhaps, you know, are not just the everyday friends and family that you would otherwise have. Three or four people that are alive that you would love to have at your dinner table, to have conversation with and to really and just indulge in life's big questions and banter what a great question oh i love it so i would love to have gloria steinem at my table yeah she is tremendous and of course i would have to have my mother on the other either 
the oh, other yes. side of her. No question. And I would right. actually love to hear their conversation um, in right. as much as the, my own. Right. You put them together and then like keep turning and listening to what they're chatting about. <laughs> Definitely. I'd love to have uh, Salvador Dali um, mm. at my table. I felt like he could see things that other people couldn't in terms of his perspective. And he made fun of, I think, the rest of the world in, in many ways um, and turned it all into art. Uh, but I find yeah. Uh, the yeah depth and breadth of the things. And I, I think he's, he was sufficiently crazy, but what a great, you know, what a great. Yeah, but so curious, yeah. right? You said curiosity early, like those people like that. You just want to know what is your story, That's right. right? That's right. Um, and then I would love to have, um, let's see, probably a Spanish author. So uh, perhaps um, Gabriel Garcia Marquez would be a great addition. And okay. uh, he could also sit on the other side of my mother because she does speak right. Spanish as well. Um, oh, so, yeah, I would love all of that in addition to my family. Sounds amazing. Yes. Well, you know, we got to be, and I'd like to be there. Oh, of like course, that. Kathy, you're, can I come? You're at the other head of the table. <laughs> I'll bring a really good wine. <laughs> I know you will. I think it's just fascinating because we are curiosity seekers. And, and I think you and I are very kindred spirits in, in a lot of ways with what we do for a living and, and how we live and the joy that we live with our lives. And that curiosity is one of those things that I think was embedded in both of us as an at an early age. And I would say that for those out there that are looking to reinvent some part of their lives, that that is such a wonderful thing to just be curious about what else there is. You said a little earlier, and it was something that I feel very strongly about, is that the opportunity to reinvent doesn't have to come out of adversity. Okay. And sure, there are moments that we're all faced with where things just aren't going the way we plan. But even when they are going the way we plan, there's always going to be a bump in the road. There's going to be a curve. There's going to be a detour. And we've just got to be open to figuring out how to really sort of rise to that challenge. And this has been a year that we've all had to experience that. I didn't think my book would come out and be the kind of the guidebook for how to get through <laughs> what we're going through. But ironically, it is, you know, luckily, you wrote so it. I'm what glad I did. But any advice just to those out there that may be struggling, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're just trying to figure out what your next chapter is? Any good advice yeah, that you could share? I think, you know, not to take it all on your own and to think about who is out there that could be helping me. So one of the things that um, I realized is that I didn't have as many of my girlfriends around me and I wasn't spending enough time with them as a, as a working mm -hmm. mom and a traveling mom. Um, and it was really important that I stepped out and took the time to, to really be with my sisters, if you will. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, and to feel that yeah, connection. Yeah, absolutely. And so we started hosting these things that we call goddess retreats. And sometimes yeah. we have different people come in that will, you know, inspire us and take us through, you know, yoga and all kinds of life explorations and things like that. Um, but, but some of it is just not even planning what the time is going to be. Um, yeah. And we now try to take that forward in sort of smaller bits um, you know, and have, I don't know how you have a goddess retreat on zoom, but we're endeavoring to <laughs> try to break it down. It's, it's very doable. <laughs> I've got a lot of group. I've got a lot of groups of my girlfriends, similar to that, that, you know, we just, we need the connection. 
And we've got a lot, I've got a lot of little text groups of girlfriends and, you know, when something wonderful or it's a special day or it's Valentine's day or mother's day or new year. And, and for three days, the sort of the before, during and aftermath of what happens from that just communication moment, which is pretty amazing, you know, and the sharing of funny gifts and life events that are happening and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just making that moment to pause with each other yeah. and creating what, what we need right. to nurture our soul, I think is critical. So. Very important to have rituals like that, right? That you're oh, celebrating yeah. the small things, because I think it can be yeah. easy to get caught up in, in what's going on. Um, and I almost feel now that, uh, there's, there'll be this moment where all of a sudden things start to shift to whatever it is that we graduate onto. And then I want to look back on this time and think, wow, wasn't that amazing? And I really made the most of it. And I dug in deep and I created new things and I reached out to people and I, you know, I did some exploratory that I wouldn't have done otherwise. I mean, think about it. We spend money on going to places where, you know, you check in your phone, you, you know, you go to a spa, you do, you know, all these different things that sort of are, could in some ways say that are are like what we have right now, right? Where you're turning everything off and you're turning it. It's kind of like taking it all down a notch. So let's use this time, hopefully to then be able to even blossom all the more as we, as we, we take that next trip or we, you know, are heading back to the offices or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, I, I say in reinvention that, you know, you never want to look back on your life and say, I wish I'd done this and I wish I had taken this on. You know, now is the time. Obviously, the subtitle is, What are you waiting for? Yeah. But I think to your point, now is this moment in our lives. We don't want to look in six months or a year and God willing, we're kind of back into some kind of a normal mode of some version of it going, Gosh, I wish last year I had actually taken the time to do the gardening, learn a language, talk to more friends when I had the time, because we're not in a hair on fire life. We are not out every single night like we were. We're not living this crazy schedule. So there's no excuses. It's just about prioritization. And for many, just recognizing what it is that they want to tap into. And, you know, I just hope that the conversation that you and I have had today has inspired somebody out there to kind of recognize what's possible, what you're entitled to, some of the different ways to look at our life around us and the people around us and take that time to just cherish and and really focus on those things. Well, Kathy, you've certainly inspired me today and given me a bunch of ideas. So thank you for all that you're doing, all that you're giving so generously to the world. Thank you. And I can't wait to join one of your chats. Oh, I I can't either. Those, those are those are amazing. We call them, you know, they're almost like business and personal therapy. And I've got this regular group that just keeps coming every week because it is that conversation that just helps us kind of like, you know, figure stuff out, but also hear really inspired speakers. So Phenomenal. I'd love to have oh, you on there wait. as well. Thank you. And yeah, and I uh, can't wait to have you on our voices at 1.37 p.m. I can't either. So thank you. So thank you, everybody, for being with us today. Uh, Feel free to tune in to the Reinvention Exchange for lots of details on where to find my book, 
which is Reinvent Your Life, What Are You Waiting For?, How to Sign Up for the Reinvention Virtual Chats. And the last year and 75 episodes are all actually archived on the website if you want to check those out. Feel free to tune in to all of the podcasts that we are launching because it's lots of great conversations with amazing people. And Andrew, if anybody wants to reach you, where is the best way to reach you or connect with you or Vayner? Absolutely. Yeah. So the best way would be to even send me an email at andrea.sullivan at vaynermedia.com. So thank you again for being here for a beautiful conversation and happy reinventing everybody. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to The Power of Reinvention. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Wouldn't mind a five-star review. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, be sure to visit thereinventionexchange.com to share your reinvention stories, suggest a guest, join the newsletter mailing list, get access to my book, which is called Reinvent Your Life, What Are You Waiting For?, and discover fantastic bonus content with my blogs, and listen in to the Reinvention Virtual Chat series. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. Please share with a friend, and thank you for listening. Happy reinventing. Happy reinventing.